It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. From The Standard in London, I'm the Evening Standard's Chief Theatre Critic, Nick Curtis. This is a cut-down special taken from our theatre podcast. To hear more from The Standard Theatre Podcast, hit the link in the notes of this episode. This is Jez Butterworth's Hills of California. So this was another team outing. Nick, first thoughts? Well, I thought this was uh, strange but utterly enthralling, really. It's a female-centred family saga that unfolds in a former guest house in Blackpool in 1958, when it is a guest house, and then in 1976, when it's morphed into a family home where the mother of four daughters is dying slowly and agonisingly upstairs of stomach cancer. With the flashbacks to 1958, you learn that she drilled her four daughters to be a sort of Andrew's Sisters tribute act with the hope that they would get on stage at the local Blackpool variety nights and then thence, you know, sort of make it to the London Palladium and, and superstardom probably in the States. Basically hoping that they will escape the life that she has had as a single mom raising four girls in this rather down at heel guest house in rather down at heel Blackpool. Mm-hmm. Um, 1976 was, of course, the, the year of the great hot summer across the UK. So... The house is a pressure cooker in lots of different ways. Yes. Uh, wouldn't you agree? What did, what did you guys think? You know what? I was I was never bored ever. Mm. Uh, I think enthralling is a good word. Actually, mm. I I found it. I mean, it's three hours long. It's got a, a you know a, a light plaza suite. It's got an interval and a and a pause. Well, like um, the ferryman as well. Yeah. Jez oh Butterworth yes, there's a pause. Mendes's previous uh, show that yeah. had a pause. 
and that was really long. And this, I didn't know why they had a pause, I've got to say. I don't really understand that either. Okay. Uh, actually, it might be something to do with costume. Maybe. I think it's to do with costume for that one character who mm. comes in right at the end. I mm. think it's probably to do with that. Yeah, I found it really interesting. You know, it's got a layer of it, which is about the death of dreams and also mm. the sort of destructive power of dreams. If you put too much of your hope into them and, you know, and expect them to kind of take you out of, of, of what you have. Yeah. I don't think we're kind of spoiling it if we, you know, they, they do not become the Andrew sisters. <laughs> you know, that is not a thing. This is the first of Jess Butterworth's plays that's been led by women in such a kind of um, key way. And mm. I think he writes women very nicely. He really yeah. does. It's interesting. I, I think this could be considered as a sort of part of a trilogy with Jerusalem, his most famous play, and The Ferryman, which is arguably his best play. Now this, you can see him sort of moving across the gender spectrum, getting in touch with his female side more and more over the years, because when he started out with Mojo, the plays were exclusively male. And yeah, also that's a young man's play, without yeah. a doubt. I mean, it's a bloody good play, but it's a young really man's great, play. Yeah. This has a connection to Mojo, I think, in that it is about um, 1950s dreams of pop stardom and mm. the malign forces that prey on those. It's it's fascinating. I, I think you know the three plays I mentioned, um, Ferryman, Jerusalem, and this. They're vastly thematically and tonally different, but mm. there's something about the sort of detail and texture of human experience in them that I think links them. And family and is, life in a way as well. It really sort of yeah. gets to grips with the sort of the secrets we hold and the lies we tell ourselves mm. and the yeah. perspectives. And you know, everyone is looking at kind of the same. Uh, history, but very, very differently. Mm. The performances mm. are, I think, across the, the board, superb. But yeah. starting with yeah. um, Laura Donnelly, she plays the mother, as you flash back into the scenes when, when the, the daughters are all quite young, 15 and, and down. And she's an amazing sort of mix. She's imperious at times, but fragile at other times. Um, there's an amazing moment when the four sisters all perform for a producer and I actually found myself watching her. Mm. I was watching her watching them. And there was this extraordinary sort of buttoned up. She had the pride, but also the fear that it wasn't going to work and the sort of making sure they were all in exactly in place. It's a really masterful and understated performance. I mean, she goes big at other times, but I, I think that's a performance with everything. Yeah, she was really, really superb, I thought. Yeah, she appears later as well. And I think the change in, in the actress at that point, I don't want to give anything away, yeah. is really exceptional. Yeah. I think uh, the character is, is very much, the character of Veronica, the mother, is mm. very much a woman who's keeping everything on an incredibly tight leash, including mm. her own sort of sensuality and sexuality and her own hopes. Because mm. if she lets go, then chaos will lose. Well, yeah, it's, you know, it's interesting. I was thinking about it later. There's a moment when they find out that, um, this is in the, in the 58 uh, sections, where they find out that one of their performances has been cancelled. And it's not made explicit, but you realise, I think, thinking about it later, that the reason that it has been cancelled is probably because of her reputation as a single mm. mother and actually not because of the performance of the girls, which is what they, they say, that it's a bit too lively for the sort of church hall or whatever. They sort of drop in little little hints about the fact that, you know, perhaps she was unmarried, perhaps mm. dad wasn't necessarily the same person mm. you know in, in, in all cases but it's quite subtle and it was only later when I thought about it I mm. realised that those microaggressions if mm. you like for a single mother in the 1950s are yeah. very um, very subtly and nicely sort of threaded yes. throughout the show yeah I mean Donnelly is, is superb but I think I agree with you Nick that this is a really really strong ensemble cast mm. so I thought the younger 
versions of the sisters, the young actresses playing the, the teenage versions of the sisters were extraordinary. I agree with you actually about the young performers, the girls who play the women as girls. The one thing I would say though is that I didn't necessarily get the connection between the characters, the personalities of the young girls and the older women. I don't think this was to do with the acting. I think this was more to do with the writing, possibly the direction. Oh, which you, one was which, You weren't which, sure basically. which was which, yeah. of, particularly of two of them. I still am not entirely sure which mm. of those two was Ruby and um, Jill. That is one thing that I think is is a bit because you're you're then thinking about like hang on a minute which which yeah, which yeah, kid yeah. is that and just to, as an aside to play into the uh, the the lies that everyone tells themselves and uh, is uh, that the nurse points out that she's looked out every single window and the guest house which is called the sea view and there is not a sea view from any single one of them <laughs> so uh, yeah it's true and all the rooms are named after american states in a sort of romantic way but, mm. uh, but which also sort of hints that the American dream that they're all yearning for is possibly a bit of a chimera or a bit of a sham. Look, I really, I really liked it. I did really like yeah. it. It is not electric. It is not. No, like, it's, you don't it's get that slow. thing that you got with Jerusalem and you got with um, the ferryman. I know Nick Clark. You were a little bit well, less effusive about those than necessarily everybody. One, there was a lot of hype. Let's face it, mm. but there was a sort of free song with them both, and you don't so much get that here. Right, we'll go to a break. If you want to hear more from the Standard Theatre Podcast, hit the link in the show notes. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's a few more performances I think we should talk about because mm. I think the sisters, the grown-up sisters, are, are all great. Leanne Best is the sort of really wound tight. Lovely you know, Best. Uh, Gloria. Yeah. She's fantastic. In she's that. such a good, like I've only ever seen her as a supporting actress, yeah. but she's so good. And again, it just really helps the play along that these performances are brilliant. Ophelia Loverbond is this sort of confident bold woman who when she goes into her childhood home sort of regresses into a childlike state that's just so true it's almost like yeah. she's a different person mm. by the second act yeah and then Helena Wilson who's who's the daughter who's sort of been left behind to look after the mother and holds mm. all those tensions and you know doesn't have a, uh, her own sort of family life um, and kind of regrets that it's, it feels mm. and they all play that brilliantly I think that there's quite a lot of nice doubling where you see like yes. quite not nasty characters but Brian Dick plays Jack Larkin, who is um, just like a sort of David Brent-style comedian in the 50s. Oh, yeah. And then he's doubled as Ruby's husband. Ruby's and husband, and Dennis, you just think, yeah. oh, that's quite nice because, you know, people they've seen in their childhood, maybe they're a resonant 
you know, factors. And the fact that Sean Dooley's bill is making these terrible jokes, again, resonated with me with this sort of terrible Brentian character from their childhood who actually has a very dark side, it feels like, underneath, with mm. the way he yeah. interacts with the mother. Mm. So, you know, talking about Jez Butterworth's writing, yeah, I didn't love Jerusalem as much as everyone else did, partly because I saw it right at the end of the West End run. So everyone was saying this is the best play of the 21st century, the best play we've ever seen. And obviously, no play is going to live up to that. Mm-hmm. The Ferryman, I thought, was either far too long or not long enough and should have been split into two because I, I thought there were sort of two conflicting narratives in there and it was all wound up quite quickly. Mm-hmm. But what this play brought home to me is that I'm just happy to sit and listen to really good writing, writing mm-hmm. that isn't cliched, that takes yeah. you along with it. And, I mean, I do think he's a master of knowing when to put the plot points and where the big beats, but also seeding, seeding all of these little sort of points underneath. Who who was the father? Was it multiple fathers or was it one? Why are they lying about certain yeah. things or why is it different stories being told? And also general? not all of those things are picked up and I think that's mm. important yes. because it's just like, you know, not everything has to be resolved. Mm. Um, and I think that works quite well. I also want to make a shout out. I'm assuming it's Rob Howell, the designer. I'm not actually sure who otherwise does. Uh, I'm trying to work out who does the makeup or who designs the makeup, but it's absolutely brilliant. Mm. Leanne Best coming in as uh, um, Gloria, Gloria, uh, the older Gloria, like sweaty, really (laughs) sweaty, really hot, really red in the face. I think at one point her childhood character is said to be sweating upstairs before she's having this, this, uh, before they do this sort of audition. It's so convincing. And you kind of think at first when she comes in, she's got this like, performative fury she's absolutely Mm. at her wits end and you think for a moment she might be overdoing it and then she says she's been nine hours in a hot car (laughs) with a meek husband and two warring teenage kids and you're like yeah fair enough this play is an event a new Jez Butterworth and Sam Mendes is an event and it didn't disappoint me I've got to say I enjoyed it I let it wash over me and it it was three hours really well spent in the theatre yeah I think that's true That's The Standard. You can hear the full episode or more from The Standard Theatre Podcast via the link in the show notes. This podcast will be back on Monday at 4pm.